This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it tough, insightful, but breathe. In this episode, we have Josh Wetzel, CRO at OneSignal. Josh, welcome back to the Business of Apps podcast. All right, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great, thank you for coming. Okay, uh, look around. Wherever you're listening to this episode, many products you can see have three people associated with it. Consumer, marketer, and developer, slash builder, slash designer, you get the point. So hence the following questions are always involved. What does the consumer want? How to make sure the product is what the consumer is looking for? And how to build the, build the damn thing to meet those needs? In today's episode, we're welcoming Josh back to talk about consumer-driven app development. Uh, Josh, you were in the show last year, but for folks who did not listen to that episode, please tell us about you and OneSignal. Yeah, thanks, Art. Uh, yeah, so I've I've got a 25 plus year career in kind of consumer tech, internet. Um, I was born and raised, got hit by the lucky pitch, so to speak, to be born and raised in Palo Alto, California. Um, I grew up actually a few blocks from Steve Jobs. Uh, you know, it was a pretty pretty uh, idyllic uh, upbringing, and I don't take it for granted any single day. Um, and I've been fortunate on the career side to have a nice uh, experience across. I started off in marketing roles. Um, but worked in all sorts of areas, e-commerce, um, uh, product search, um, ad tech. So helped helped build um, kind of the, the leading kind of initial builder of programmatic advertising on the supply side, can be called Pubmatic. Um, so I've had a really nice uh, career being exposed to a lot of different models. Um, and now at OneSignal, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with OneSignal, it's a um, customer engagement platform. It's currently installed in approximately one in every five new mobile apps in the iOS and Android app store. So huge, huge adoption. We support over a, a million businesses across the globe. Uh, we're delivering about 11 and a half, 12 billion messages a day. Um, and our we really started off as a mobile game studio, actually, and we pivoted to support being a tool provider about, about seven, eight years ago. Um, and we start off really focused on push and in-app messaging, so really mobile messaging. But in the last four or five years, have built out uh, email, SMS, and then orchestration. Um, and so company's grown quite a bit, and it's been an awesome ride. And it really is nice to have these conversations with uh, people that are building new innovations or companies, quite frankly, that are pretty scaled, that are trying to figure out, you know, the world is shifting, where we've gone from a desktop-centric world to a mobile centric world. Uh, what does that mean for me and, and how can I maintain and grow my my user retention and loyalty? So it's been an awesome ride. Yeah, so definitely impressive neighborhood had impressive uh, data point, uh, the uh, stats about your what you do at one signal. Um, I suppose you're, um, you, know, you have kind of a similar perspective, like, you know, guys from uh, App Analytics world, they get the chance to see what's going on the macro level in the Epic system, you guys are in touch with so many apps that are part and parcel, like the core of that Epic system, and you get a feeling like 
how how does it feel like for all those apps because they are communicating so many messages through your platform you kind of uh, you know see the information flow is going through one signal nine billion nine billion uh, messages it's about 11 it, it, it depends on the day of the week um, but i think we're averaging north of 11 billion a day now um, and we've had spikes much much higher than that but yeah it's a lot and more than folks on this planet yeah that's an, yeah. that's a big number yeah. um as of things stand today uh from the consumer perspective how would you assess the impact of the economy on mobile apps today it's a great question, and we could probably spend hours uh, on a podcast talking about why sure. or how. Or, um, I see it, uh, you know, both as a consumer, but also in in my role here. You know, there is a a decline in the efficacy of of user acquisition due to some of the things happening with the the app targeting, um, and then costs are just rising in general, right? So, consumer price index or core inflation are growing essentially across the globe. I think. Uh, uh, we just had a, a new reading here in North America or in the U.S. Um, and Europe had one last week. And so things may be, may be stabilizing, but they're still very, very high. And what ends up happening for the consumer, and you see this in, in the app marketplace, is you know, apps that were heavily relying on ads are having to move more towards a consumer paid model. Um, you see it at the high level, right? What is Twitter trying to do? Twitter's literally exactly. trying to get its consumers to pay um, and shift away from, not maybe not ex exclusively away from, from ads. Um, and so we're seeing that and we're seeing a big rush, I think, um, uh, you know, an area that's, that's under undervalued, underrated, but I think it's growing quite a bit is, is subscription-based services. So, so tools that plug into one signal, but they're really driving the, the cadence of how do I get someone to hit that inflection point to pay for a subscription or, or buy something, um, because, because you know on the app side they're def they're desperate for it, you know on the consumer side which is really what you asked about it's you know you can see it in all your just general services if you're paying for Netflix like how many times has that gone up in the last eighteen months, um, Disney Plus, uh, you know and these are obvious big brand but these are things that a lot of people are are using or paying for um, I know milk for example is up significantly eggs is up. Um, so, you know, these things are just having an impact across the board. And I think everyone's having to try to charge a little bit more. Um, so it's rough. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I, I never imagined that net one day Netflix will start uh, offering a plan with the advertising in it. Cause to me, Netflix was kind of, a like the best example, how the online service should look like when the, when it comes to subscription, like, um, it actually comes to my mind even more often than other, you know, previous examples like music or, um, um, you know, dating apps. So when I think about subscription apps, Netflix is in my mind. And, you know, thinking that right now you can go with the plan that is required for you to see some ads uh, on Netflix. That's just, yeah, this to me is a signal that, the things are really shifting in the consumer app space, and um, even Apple increased the uh, the pricing for their one uh, one plus or I don't remember the the yeah. name it's of the, the package, the bundle, but these yeah the bundle service yeah yeah Just that's right. No, I mean, we're seeing no. across the we're seeing across the board. I'm even seeing uh, Gmail is now really enforcing its its limits. So people have been using Gmail for a long time or or transferring a lot of large files. 
uh, and they're trying to get consumers to pay there. Um, I know I've been going in and deleting like old files because I'm hitting, I'm getting close to that 15 gigabyte limit. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's across the board. And I think it's, it's forcing us to be more thoughtful, right? I think you used to download tons of apps and you'd play around with them and you may start using them, you may not. Um, I think it's going to be more incumbent on, and consumers can just get a little bit more picky about what are they actually committing to, um, and actually putting something on their credit card statement, you know, they'll probably be more thoughtful about because there's, we're sort of getting this exhaustion of subscription services, um, so exactly there, there are only that many hours in the day to watch stuff on your you know, subscription services. You may, there's no way you can subscribe to every possible, uh, media company these days and uh, still being able to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, should be thoughtful and both like how much content you're consuming and how much money you're spending on those apps. What are your thoughts on the role of marketing in all this? Want to improve your app marketing skills? Know how to fight back mobile fraud? Or how to launch an influencer marketing campaign? You've got it all at the Business of Apps Insights. Opinion, how-tos, thought leadership, and analysis from global app and social media industry. Visit our insights section at businessofapps.com slash insights slash podcast. And now, back to the show. It's a, it's a great question. I think that, you know, marketers are well there's a couple there's a couple key things and i and one of them i'm biased on and I, I'll, I'll tell you why i'm biased but also i have firsthand experience most of my career has been at this intersection of uh, from a discipline standpoint sales business development and marketing i've always thought of myself as a as a marketer um and a marketer in the sense of you know how do i acquire a user how do i you know we're a business if i'm in a b2b business like i am at one signal um mm -hmm. how do we how do we de develop that awareness how do we get somebody's attention? How do we get them, uh, convince them of the value and the impact we're going to have? How do we, and how do we deliver on that impact, right? And a marketer's job ultimately is to be the tip of the spear to that from awareness to long-term success and, and regeneration of, of that business. Um, however, what I think is we've found this, and I, I've seen this firsthand in my career, marketing's role, the, the overweighted amount of the budget and the attention and resources goes to acquisition. And we are getting to a point where I firmly believe there aren't that many new users coming online, right? I, I, as, as people cycle out, you know, due to, to death and birth, like those are new users, but mm -hmm. most of the, of the, of the planet now is, is, is connected. And so all businesses need to be more thoughtful about, I can't just reacquire like i'm just reacquiring the same people like if i've already used your service and decided i didn't like it and i canceled and i moved on you have to reacquire me but that that's really what you're looking at right that's where we are with like say mobile phone companies right where there's kind of battling each other and so i firmly believe marketing needs to do a better job of of investing in that understanding of how do i educate my existing users and the users i am still acquiring because acquiring is still very very valuable but how do i create a life cycle program that's truly delivering an education and, and ultimately growing that person's engagement with my business. And that's one of the reasons, but I'm passionate about what I'm, what we're doing here at OneSignal. You know, there's gonna be many companies that are successful in this space, but helping provide tools that give a cohesive omni-channel conversation are going to be critical to be able to maximize the retention of the users you're, you're acquiring and already have, and ultimately in driving much greater, better engagement and loyalty of those users. And then you look at the most successful businesses out there, 
that's what they're doing, right? And it's interesting, you brought up Netflix. We could spend 10 minutes talking about Netflix, which which I, I don't mean to do, but I think there's a great example where them adding the ad component, I think was a, a big mistake. And the reason why it was a big mistake was because they went against one of their core principles and the DNA, but they did it because they were a publicly traded business and they realized they were like, oh, we've got to say something that drives interest from Wall Street. And so they kind of hastily threw that together, put it together. And I don't know if it's the best customer experience. It may be long-term that like there's a tier of customers that would rather pay six bucks a month and get ads. And that's fine. But I thought they did it not necessarily because in the best interest of consumers, but they did it in the best interest of Wall Street. Um, and we'll see if that ends up being the case. But anyhow, long story short, I think marketing needs to be much more holistic in how they think about the consumer. They need to have more stake in and drive metrics around retention and loyalty. And they need to be thinking about acquisition still important, but you have to be thinking about how long do I retain and grow the loyalty of that user? And if you look at if you look at most marketing departments, vast majority of the resources are focused on acquisition. So that's I think that's that's why we're here where we are is because most of these businesses have churned through a, a significant portion of the people they brought into the the product, and now they're in a situation where they've kind of introduced themselves to everybody, but they gave a poor experience to a certain percentage of them. So exactly, I I totally agree, totally on the same page with you, Josh, uh, about the step from on the Netflix side like I didn't think that uh, Reed Hastings would one day accept the idea of advertising the platform but yeah we'll see uh, probably pretty much I guess within a year or two how it's going to play out will it pan out the, the way that it was you know described and developed as a plan as the um to please the Wall Street as you say which to me is always not an option you should please your customer like you know the way that Apple does it, I love way more than other folks. Um, that's that's why the we're Apple just recently reported two billion uh, install base and nine hundred thirty-five million subscription users. So, but again, just like you're saying, unless we start, uh, you know, going interplanetary and find people on other planets, we're still stuck with people on this one, the ones that are connected, the ones who have means and um already have a you know, smartphone in their pocket you can switch them between the one provider to the other one probably just like you know switchers between ios and android and back but that's not an option for everybody for many people they have to really really think hard how they can build a long-term relationship with their customers yep. because this is um, like the sustainable model let's talk about the apps on the business side uh what are the challenges and solutions for this part of the Epic system? Again, how marketing can help with these challenges? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Um, I think on the business side, you know, we're moving. And again, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit and throw the caveat of like we are a product-led growth freemium product, and that's one of the reasons why we have so much scale. One of the things that excited me about OneSignal and why I joined was I believe we're moving towards a place where you have to provide some level of value. You need to provide trial. So I think on the business side, it's super critical that you've got some ability to give somebody some value before you're asking for you know pay until you, until you're sort of asking them, forcing them to make a decision. Um, now that's on the enterprise software side, in particular or, or really large business kind of uh, app world that's sort of thought of as is blasphemy why would i do that um it takes away some of the the uh what i call it the like 
the value, if you will, it's harder to charge. Um, but I think that's that's crucial. Um, and I think we're moving to a world where people expect it. And it's partly because every service, the internet started this trend. I, I remember having a conversation with the uh, multiple CEOs ago of New York Times. Um, this was in the early 2000s. And we were, we were, I was working at another company and we were structuring a, a content distribution deal with them. I was at CNET at the time. And I asked them, um, you know, why don't you, if you're giving away, you're giving away all your content on online free, why don't you give away the newspaper, the physical newspaper for free? And it's like, why would I do that? And I was like, well, it's effectively the same thing. And their thought was, well, we're going to collect everyone in the world and we'll give it away for free. That's created this, this mindset though, where consumers in a business profession feel like, hey, I want to be able to try this before I'm going to pay for it. And so I think marketers, they need to be pushing their products to be more open and giving some value up front to attract people. Um, because I think con con consumers in our business lives expect that more often than not. Got it. Okay, uh, let's take a kind of holistic look and the uh, marketing in general. Uh, and this is one of those, you know, crystal ball questions uh, I'm asking. Uh, what if do you have any predictions for this year? Uh, hopefully none of us can see the future, but based on your experience on the trends, you can see how you can project them throughout this year. What do you think is going to come? Yeah, on the marketing side, it, it kind of touches on what I mentioned earlier. I, I've, I think we're going to see an acceleration, but still vast majority of minority of businesses moving towards uh, a holistic conversation with a consumer. What that means is they're tying multiple channels together instead of having disparate kind of email and these other solutions. And they're going to do it because it's it's more efficient. Uh, it's a much better customer experience. And, and ultimately, they'll, they drive better retention and loyalty from that. And much of studies have shown you're going to get 200 plus percent uh, LTV increase by tying multiple communication channels together. I think on the back end, people get a lot more uh, smart about how do I tie information so I can make better decisions on who I'm targeting in ads. So what's the what's the true consumer? What are the signals that matter? Um, and they're going to get more focused on how they're targeting people because at the end of the day, we had a lot of mechanisms that were kind of black. They weren't black box, I shouldn't say. Like if you were doing... Uh, ad retargeting, it's not really black box, right? Like you came to the website or you you downloaded the app. I'm not going to follow you around and continue to reinforce my message until you've converted to a sale. Those things are increasingly getting more difficult. Um, so I think my prediction would be that people are going to uh, start getting much more focused on the, like, how do I, how do I really target places, ultimately audiences that I know are places where my consumer, like people that are going to be buying my product or engaging with my product, are and then they got to get much more focused on how do I drive better customer retention and loyalty of the people I do already have and the people I am bringing in. Otherwise, it's just getting too expensive. You can't do the I'm just going to put all my money into UA and I know I'm going to leak 99 plus percent of those people off. Yeah, this is definitely not sustainable strategy to see that leakages to just be okay with that. Um, now, uh, lately, I like to ask this question every guest on the show, which is this. Josh, is there something about your field you would really like to change? Like, which, you know, the stuff that makes you pause and you would really like to change that thing, but you just have a capacity. You're not in a position to change it, but you would really like things to be different. Yeah, it's a great question. I love it. Uh, I, look, I would go back to why I love what I do and quite frankly, why I love technology. It, every day is new. 
you know, everything's evolving. So there's things that I could say, hey, I, I want to change this. But the beauty of it is if I truly feel passionate about it and I have an idea that's going to improve it, I go start a business and I prove that it's better. And ultimately, I make that difference. I think every industry and every evolution, if you think about it, that's exactly what's happening. So one of the things I love about it is, is you know, things that I think are wrong, I either go invest in or I go try to try to work on them. So I'm at OneSignal, quite frankly, I I saw that this this need to have uh, well one I saw the value of push like the it's real time it's really integrated it's it's a it's an extension of a product or service in in the mobile environment and and in the web environment um, and what gets keeps me excited is the fact that we now have this omni channel experience that's so much better than just email only for example or disparate systems and I, I'm someone who's bought uh, email marketing programs at at like basically four of my last five jobs and I had to implement them and I had to use them and they are terrible. They're not integrated into CRM well. So anyhow, point point being that I could call out stuff, but I think at the end of the day, when there are things that you feel passionate about that are true problems, there's some entrepreneur, someone thinking about that and they're solving it. Um, and that's what keeps me driving. It's just like seeing all this cool stuff happening. Um, I think the AI stuff is is crazy. You know, I'm sure you're having a lot of conversations about that. I would call out that there's going to be so many fundamental changes from that. I, th I think this shift is greater than pre post internet in the sense that it's going to fundamentally change how a lot of us do our jobs. It's going to improve and make us more efficient in ways that we can't even imagine. It's going to up level a lot of work. We already are seeing it in our, in our, uh, in, within one signal, we use it in a lot of different small capacities to make mm -hmm. things way better. Um, so it's, it's, that's an exciting thing for 2023 that we're going to see. I, I think we're going to exit this year. One, everyone's going to say AI, this AI, that, right. Everyone's going to redefine themselves as AI companies, but put that aside. I think the actual tangible benefits will be real. And we're, we're we will look back in 2024 and be like, well, that's amazing how much stuff has shifted in 18 months. Yeah, absolutely. Cause we, uh, there's always this, uh, you know, uh, component of a hype, where it's just unavoidable that um, lots and lots of small companies have been trying to push the AI as the, just the selling point and what they provide. But you know the number of that hundred million people are using ChatGPT right now, and it's just not feasible psychologically to comprehend the whole scope of applications that can be actually fruitful uh, this year and the you know and on. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how <laughs> ChatGPT will be transforming um the industries the jobs our life uh starting with google and microsoft yeah i'm kind of betting myself who's going to be first to actually launch the service not the beta not the presentation but actual service and how it's going to impact publishers that's my question yeah i that's a great question we could spend a lot of time talking about that i it kind of goes back to the the, the earlier thing we we're talking about, about ads versus having consumer paid i do think we're we're shifting over where consumer paid will be important, will be something that's kind of cornerstone for all publishers. And then the ads need to get much more, uh, the value of every visitor is going to be really high, basically. And so we're going to have to find mechanisms to like validate that so that, you know, a publisher can charge the appropriate amount that of the value being created. Um, but there's going to be a, a rough patch, I think. Um, as this stuff rolls out and the ecosystems and and haven't been kind of recalibrated, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Before I let you go, just a very final question. How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Jay Wetzel. So it's J-W-E-T-Z-E-L. And um, same thing, Jay Wetzel at onesignal.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I, I've been on every social service, but those are the, those are the ones that I primarily <laughs> engage in. So uh, feel free to reach out. And uh, Art, I really appreciate being being on the show. That's great to see you. I'm happy you're doing well um, and looking forward to continuing the conversation in the future. My pleasure, Josh. Thank you. It's great you're still on Twitter, not quitting it. I haven't quit. I, you know, it's it's crazy there. Um, it, it was a pretty fun, entertaining show though there in like November, December. Uh, but no, I'm still on Twitter. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show and spending time with us again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was Josh Wetzel, CRO at OneSignal. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Remember, we're list episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes in your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.